1: Hello, hello, Datables. Welcome to another episode of the Datable Podcast. We are at the end of our bonus time period Ooh. of our episodes, which just means season 15 is right around the corner. That is so nuts. And I see Julie thinking, is it season 15 or
0: 16? She's just like, I can see her eyes just going, hmm, which season is it? Oh my God. I have lost track. I feel, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to blame it on COVID brain, but that was, I don't know. I feel like you can only br- blame so much on COVID brain. That was in A- April. So maybe that excuse doesn't work anymore. I always say this, I'm constantly amazed. This is by far the longest project. Yes. And I don't even want to call it a project. I feel like it's, you know, our passion. It's our love. It's our baby. This is the longest I've ever done something. And, you know, UA and I got to meet up yesterday because UA is in SF right now. And it was just so nice to be in person and brainstorm and mm-hmm. think about like, what do we want the next iteration of dateable to be. And, you know, seven years we've been going strong, but I feel like we got another seven to go into more, a lot more. What she didn't
1: mention is we had some CBD drinks and we're getting a little bit giddy. And that was very <laughs> helpful in our brainstorm. <laughs> CBD always saved the day. I do think we definitely have seven more years left in us, uh, but by then I'll be close to 50. So it's going to be another phase of <laughs> (laughs) My life, that's for sure. But I think what is really cool about this project is I did this exercise the other day of looking at what you spend your time on and what you choose to spend your time on. And I choose Mm -hmm. to spend most of my time on Datable. Because this is what's on my mind all the fucking time. And whenever we go out and we meet new people, that's all people ever want to talk about. They don't care about like what you do for work or where you're from. They're like, you do a dating podcast? Let's dish. I need to tell you about this, this and that. So it's something (laughs) that people never get sick of and we never get sick of. But we are definitely changing our content as we change, which is kind of like the fun part of watching all of this evolve. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think dating clearly has changed a lot, which is why it's interesting. And then also, I feel like back in the day, once you hit 30, you were out of the dating pool. (laughs) And now you're popping in and out at all stages of life. So it just never ends. But what I think keeps me going is at the core of this, it's human connection. It goes beyond just dating. And, you know, I think we've had a lot of topics in the last season, clearly more to come in season 15. We've been recording a lot. And, you know, we have a real banger Opener, we had it's I'm not gonna give too much away, but it is a past guest that we had, and he was a crowd favorite. So we're really excited to have him back. And you know, I think this topic goes beyond to self-love, to connection, to love with others. And I think at the end of the day, that's what really keeps us going, is it's core to who we are and core to humanity. It's beyond just dating.
1: We just love that every episode we do, we get to think about human connection a little differently it seems to be this mystery that we're slowly on cracking and it's or uncr- cracking. <laughs> we only have to uncrack
0: it. Just crack it. <laughs> I don't like uncracking. Let's crack uncrack yes. it.
1: So, um, what we're doing for this episode is something that we've been meaning to do for a while and we are finally getting around to it. Is that we wanted to offer up some of the previous episodes we've done that have completely changed the way we think about dating and the way we date. And we've also heard that feedback from some of you listeners too. It's kind of like an episode roundup, but it's also a good way to read surface some of the earlier seasons, especially for all you new listeners coming in. We were way different back then. And it's good to hear what we were talking about, you know, let's say 10 up <laughs> 10 seasons ago, even we are bringing it back to as early as season four.
0: Yes, we've had some people ask us about our own personal journeys. And I feel like if you want to learn, you could just listen because you can see how different we thought and how we've evolved over the years. And as we were looking, at what episodes should we feature we had a distillate to just five we intentionally didn't take from the last couple seasons so we wanted to go a little further back as we were doing this exercise both you and i were like we forgot about this one. Oh my god what about this one there's just so many i mean we've done over 300 episodes that's Nuts when you think about it, we've talked to so many people that, you know, in general, too, we had to talk to all these people to get to where this podcast is going and where it's been going like the last couple seasons. Because quite frankly, when we started this, we were just as as confused as all of you were completely confused by modern dating and by talking and reflecting is how we started to unravel and figure out what it really means to date in today's world.
1: And maybe you're still so confused. Maybe some of us, like myself, I'm still confused. But it's nice to know <laughs> that one, you're not alone in your confusion, and two, you have all the resources in the world to help you work through whatever you're going through. And I think three, it's okay to be confused. I think that's what I'm learning from all of this: is that we're all in this time of turmoil where we're not really sure what's going on, we're not really sure what the direction is. But it's okay to be confused, and we have all the control to get our love lives to a place where we want it to be.
0: So before we go into the roundup, there is something that has been top of mind that I want to talk to you about, UA. Oh. Have you been watching Fuckboy Island?
1: I have not, but I know (laughs) you love it.
0: You know, I was super not for the show for a long, long time. I watched season one over COVID and I remember thinking I'm losing brain cells as I'm watching this. (laughs) But season two has officially sucked me in. My partner and I have been on a binge. We went all the way back to season one as we were waiting for episodes of season two. We caught the finale last week. And why I wanted to bring it up is it's so interesting to watch just the psychology of how, how people say one thing but do the complete opposite and what we say we want versus what we actually want. And, you know, I think in theory, Everyone knows they should be with a nice guy and not a fuckboy. But so many of the women on that show are like, he's just missing that edge, (laughs) that fuckboy energy, you know? So I think... You know, I'm not here to judge. A lot of the people are younger too. I think we've all went through a stage where we were maybe attracted to things that weren't the best for us, but it's very interesting to watch people real time. I know it's reality TV, so there's some scripting and whatnot, but it's interesting to watch them kind of be confused in real time.
1: <laughs> uh, can I just point out that at the beginning of our Show, I guess, maybe even the middle of it, Julie proclaimed that she does not watch reality TV and that she doesn't like reality TV and that only me, <laughs> only UA watches reality TV and have the tables <gasps> turned.
0: Can you tell my partner that? Well, I guess he'll listen to this because he does not believe me that I never watched this stuff before him. But I think there is something really fun about watching reality TV with a partner or even with a group of girlfriends or guy friends, because other TV shows you need to actually watch and pay attention. Mm -hmm. But this is so ripe for discussion and commentary. So it just makes it a different TV watching experience.
1: What I like about reality TV is that they're basically, Basically, human experiments that you don't need to be part of, but you get to observe what's going on. And there's some data that you can collect from, what, 20 years of reality TV that we've been watching or the shows that have been on air. You can see their patterns with The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. For example, one pattern I think is so interesting is that The Bachelorette couples have a smaller success rate than The Bachelor couples. So Mm. the women who've done The Choosing Mm. Have a higher chance of breaking up with their fiancés that they've chosen. And the male bachelors who've chosen their fiancés and their their partners. And we can, we can dive so much into that, but there are patterns surfacing that really show you what modern dating is, and it's like a reflection of what we're going through. But it's good because we don't have to be part of the experiment to see the results of it.
0: You know, obviously there's a different lens, but I think at the end of the day, there are a lot of people that, whether they admit it or not, like fuck boys or fuck girls, there was definitely a preview to come that future season might be around the f girl and try to make that oh. a thing. Equal opportunity, right? No <laughs> discrimination. Girls can be f girls also. Equal cool opportunity <laughs> fucking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why should one person be the fuckery? Both both parties should have an equal opportunity.
1: I like to see a fuck boy date a fuck girl and see what happens there.
0: They would just be playing games and never be <laughs> actually seeing each other. It would just be like a constant roundabout it's true it's true am i screwing them over are they screwing me over i'm fucking other people are they also yeah it would
1: be a terrible train wreck
0: (laughs) okay well that was my one rant of today i definitely got sucked into that for all the other listeners out there that also have got sucked in let us know do you think there should be a f girl island (laughs) i feel like that should be the next one I feel like we've dissected Fuckboy Island (laughs) should we get into the episodes that have changed our perspective of love and we feel like are, you know, those hidden gems in the vault that we want to showcase
1: so excited to get into this before that you know where to find us you can always find us on social media the handle is at dateable podcast you can dm us and on instagram we're very active there you can also find us on youtube uh dateable podcast just search for us and if you want to really connect with us you can email us hello at datablepodcast.com. we do check those emails as well And for anybody new to our show or have been thinking or heard about the Sounding Board, that is our premium community where we get to connect more intimately with weekly events and you get access to us um, as well. So you can find out more about that at datablepodcast.com slash Sounding Board. Yeah, and before we get into it, let's
0: take a minute for our sponsors.
1: This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Vaya has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow. It will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been p.com Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use a code datable to receive fifteen percent off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use a code D A T E A B L E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp.
0: Okay, let's get on. With that roundup. So our very first episode that we wanted to highlight, we want to go back to season four, episode 16. We did an episode with Heidi Eastern. You know, I feel like UA, you should tell this story because there was this quote that UA was obsessed with that started circulating the internet. And we were able to track down the writer and she ended up being like a friend of a friend. And we decided to have her on to talk about the topic that I feel like is still incredibly relevant today, why you can't find the one.
1: It's bringing me back to a time. Now I'm remembering how I found out about this article. It's because (laughs) the guy I was seeing at the time sent it to me on his way back from Tahoe when he flaked on our date. (laughs) So, yes, it's coming back to me.
0: (laughs) I don't think I ever realized that's where you got it Uh from, like from the guy directly. Uh I remember the guy that flaked on you. I remember you sending the article, posting the quote, really feeling for this, but I did not realize he was the source of it.
1: Yeah, foreshadow.
0: was this like his subtle way to say that he wasn't the one? Like why was he sending yeah, this message?
1: I feel like that's exactly what he was doing. Listen, girl, I won't be seeing you. We won't be dating, but here's an article as a consolation prize.
0: <laughs> here's to help you out on your future. Hey, we've had people ask like how do you end it with someone? Just send them an article. <laughs> Let them go on their merry way. Give them all the Just send them a few dateable podcast episodes. There you go. Happy to provide that service.
1: <laughs> Very easy to do. Uh, but what is this <laughs> this episode about? I think just sum it up from what I gather from the episode because it was so long ago. Was basically you can't expect your person to be everything to you. And I think in the article she gives a few. Examples like you can't expect her to be like the ballerina and the artist and the businesswoman uh, and the um good girlfriend and the you know it's like all the different roles that we expect someone to be we can't expect that in one person. And what oftentimes makes us disappointed in dating is that we meet someone online and we put all these roles on them before we even meet them. So you're basically setting them up for failure because when you meet them, you're going to realize that they do not fulfill all of these roles.
0: Yeah. And I feel like it's something we talk about a lot is that this notion of the one, first of all, does not exist. There's not one person out there. There's many people that could be a good fit for you. And also the one is isn't found, it's created. And what she talks about, a lot of it is these checklists, these things that we feel like we deserve, because maybe we've achieve certain milestones in our life. And also how it's just near impossible to figure this out on the first date, you get an hour over cocktails with someone, how are you ever going to realize that this person is going to be your life partners? It takes time. And in modern dating, we just don't give it time. So even though this episode was from quite a while ago, <laughs> We're talking, I don't know, 2017-ish, you know, it's a while back, but I feel like a lot of it hasn't changed, unfortunately, since that. So let's get into this episode and share a clip. And you can always go back to the archives and listen to the full episode.
3: There's all these people out there and there's an illusion of choice from just the urban social bar scene and all the parties and then the proliferation of dating apps. Right? So you always think there's all these things out there and you're always seeking for more. It's like you're trading up everything in your life, your job, your apartment, your significant other. You're always looking for the next bigger, better deal. But I act. my impetus for writing it was actually I had come back into the country. i had been traveling and I went to some. San Francisco socialite singles mixer <laughs> and uh, I, I wasn't really looking but I thought well you know since my relationship isn't defined you know we'll see what else is out there very classic San Francisco and I just watched people and I watched all these people chucking each other out and then I watched this woman that I wrote about and how she interacted and what she said to me. And she's like, you know, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I have no idea, like cheese and wine. And she just (laughs) listed off this litany of everything that she wanted, like every single thing. And I was like, good luck because I don't think anyone here in this room meets anything i don't think anyone in san francisco meets everything that you have on your list and that is not the right way to go to a singles mixer is with a list in your mind and then trying to do this matching game of oh does he have this and i do think there's a lot of entitlement of well i am this so if i'm this this is the bar someone else you know must be this much better or be able to provide me all of these things because i'm worthy and I don't think people just relax and just spend time just getting to know someone and enjoying their company, mm-hmm. right? It's more about, are they going to you know, make a higher salary than me, especially women? Are they taller than me? Are they yes. cuter than me? You know, All these different things that they're looking in comparison to who they are, as opposed to just, do they make me laugh? Right? Do we have fun together? Are they a good adventure buddy? Yes. Well, I also think it comes down to need. Like, what do you really need if you are financially secure and you have a great life and you have all these friends then someone else should just be the cherry on top of your life, right? You shouldn't be needing them to fulfill some big gap. So I think you can look at it, what what else would make my life just a little bit better? And maybe it is having someone to talk to every night. You know, if you start thinking about it that way, it probably changes what people go out there looking for.
1: Now here's a big question for you. Is that settling?
3: <laughs> well, what is settling?
1: <laughs> oh, if I'm just looking for someone to talk to every night, am I
3: settling? Settling, so there was um, a book written a few years ago, I think it was Lori Gottlieb, who talked about marry him now, right? I and mean, how you should settle, and she made a huge case for settling. Like, if he has halitosis, look past it. And you look past this <laughs> because you're gonna end up like me, and you're gonna be having a baby on your own when you're 42. And it was kind of like, you know, everything's so, so dire. I don't know, it's just like, how do you need someone else to complete you, or you complete yourself? And if you complete yourself, nothing else is settling. It's just making your life better.
1: Always fun revisiting that episode. It's a good reminder of what we should be looking for or should not be looking for in a partner. (laughs) Our next episode we want to highlight is from season five, episode 16, Just Say Yes with Cheryl, who is a friend of ours. And this is such a fun, fun discussion and also kind of a surprise because I, I didn't realize how positive this episode would be. But Cheryl went through a period in her her life where she was just saying yes to everything. And this eventually led her to meeting her now husband and father of two.
0: Yeah. What I love about this episode is she thought she had to move far away I think she got it like an, a job offer in Belarus and she's like, maybe that will help shake, shake things up because she was a teacher. She didn't really encounter many men that she was meeting. I believe her when she actually met her husband, it was before apps really were as big as they are today. So she just didn't have many outlets to meet people. And she felt like that was the root of her issue. And what I loved about this is one day something snapped inside of her and said, okay, before I make this major change, I'm going to change my mentality in my current city. And that's when she shifted to this just say yes mentality and being open It radiated this energy for her that men were coming out of the woodwork, that she didn't change anything about her physical appearance. She didn't change anything about where she went on a day-to-day, but all of a sudden, people were giving her attention. So what I love about this is so often we think there's this list of superficial traits we need to change. Lose the 5 pounds, you know, dress differently, whatever it may be, but a lot of it is just the energy that we're giving out and it's like this, you know, intangible that you just don't get from dating apps. You don't get from so much until you see how this person vibes in the real world.
1: What this episode taught me was You have to be intentional about how you show up in this world. And you also have to be very Mm -hmm. intentional about how you show up on dates. Sometimes we run... To dates from work after having a stressful day, or we squeeze them in between meetings, or we're doing something very stressful ahead of time or something negative, then we bring that energy onto our dates without any intentionality. But if we can set that intention of, I'm bringing my full positive self into this world, then that attracts the same energy back. And we can't expect other people to give us that positive energy if we're not giving it to them.
0: Oh my god! How many times? And I've been guilty of this too. Saying there's no one out there, no one ever wants to make the move. But then you're face planted into your phone with your headphones on. Yep. <laughs> you know, like how will every anyone ever approach you in that world? So I agree full heartedly. What we put out, and so often we think that it's reserved for these special occasions. I know I was guilty of this. I would, you know, be completely disheveled, not looking around my surroundings on a day to day. But then when the weekend came, I would, you know, get all buttoned up and look nice and try. But like, why can't like the every day? That's just as good a place, if not better to meet people. Like, why does it need to be reserved for going out or going to bars where like, let's be honest, how often were you actually meeting people? (laughs) in that surrounding. So anyways, um, I love this episode. It was definitely a no-brainer when we pulled it up. So without further ado, we'll give you a clip.
4: Okay. So I felt like I was kind of in this point in my life where I really wanted to meet somebody and I was living in Washington, DC, and I just felt like things weren't going well. So I get this job offer in Bahrain of all places. And I thought, I don't know if this is the right fit for me. I don't know if I should take it. But I knew what I really wanted was to be in a really great relationship. Mm -hmm. And the job offer was just kind of like, should I just go out and do this? Because nothing else, my life here is not working out. I also didn't really like my job very much. But I felt like I really wanted to meet somebody. And so the job offer was on my mind. Um, and I felt like, give me a sign. I need to stay here. Give me a sign that that's Mm. not right for me. So the next day I'm at school, um, I'm walking the same way. I usually walk just down one of the halls. And this guy passes me and asks me where something is. And we start chatting Hmm. and he'd come to school that day to do some kind of insurance thing with some of the teachers. So you had never seen him before. I'd never seen him before. So we start talking a little while and he tells me that, that weekend, him and some his church group, they're going to see a baseball game. And do I want to go? I don't care about baseball. I don't go to church. <laughs> but I said, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. OK, I'll go. And I started to think, you just never know. You never know who could be the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. You never know what you'll learn. You'll never know what you'll experience. So why not just go out and give it a try? And so that kind of started the ball rolling. And suddenly I felt like I was wearing a sign. (laughs) Everywhere I went, I was getting asked out on dates. And I'd never had that happen before. Hmm. In the most unlikely places by people I would absolutely say no to. So in this span of, it turned out to be a month, I went out with a guy who smoked. I don't like smoke. I don't smoke. I went out with a military guy. I wasn't really into that. I went out with a guy who had a son. That wasn't something I thought I'd want to do. Um, I went out with someone who was way too short, someone who was way too tall, people of different religions, just that normally in my head, I would say, that's not my type. That's not what I want. That's not my husband. But I did it. And I did it for the entire month. And it was amazing because the more I said yes, the more opportunities I got. Hmm. And they just kept happening.
1: You've heard us talk about this episode probably quite a bit. It left such an impression on both Julie and I. It is uh, Marriage 101 with Dr. Alexandra Solomon. This is Season 7, Episode 22. And why this left such an impression on both of us, I'll speak for myself, I guess, is how we found out about her is because she offers the most popular class at Northwestern. Not a Not a class that is part of your core curriculum, but elective class. And people who are freshmen and sophomores in college are drawn to this class so much that there is a wait list that people can't even get in. So to me, just that alone shows you how we don't talk about marriage and what marriage means people want to get married they they don't know how to stay married she mm-hmm. her class really just teaches these fundamental communication skills and relational skills that span outside of marriage that all of us should have been learning this whole time even before college
0: i love she said it herself in the episode this her course could have been called dating 101 it could yeah. have been called relationships 101 it's all about relational skills. And we've had Alexandra, Dr. Alexandra Solomon back on the podcast a second time. We probably need her a third time. She's just so phenomenal. We love talking to her. We always get so much insight. We've read both of her books. I feel like we're just big fans of her all in all. What I love about her, though, is that she talks about relational skills that seem so obvious, yet so many of us don't hold. And one of the things that has stuck with me, I remember remember when we did this episode, I was in a relationship with the British guy that I was seeing. And I remember it was either the start of us doing long distance or when he was abroad for the holidays. I can't remember what area it was, but basically we we were not in the same place. And there was some conflict arising of communication styles, patterns, how often we talked, when we talked, all that. And I remember her saying something that has stuck with me for all these years, that conflict is inevitable in a relationship because you are bringing two different people that have two different thought processes. And so often we just assume our way is the right way because that's what we know. And especially if we haven't been in a ton of relationships, it's easy to just assume, well, I'm doing it right and they're doing it wrong. So they should adapt to what I'm doing. You know, I'm not going to even say if you haven't been in a lot of relationships, even people that have been in a lot of relationships, it's easy to go down that trap. But what we learned from her was this is common. And in fact, if you don't have conflict in a relationship, maybe there's something wrong because people are just bottling up their feelings. In today's world, people think, especially with apps where there's this illusion of abundance of options. Oh, if there's conflict, I'm just going to go back and find someone different. And I've been so guilty of this. And every time I hear that voice in my head, I think of Dr. Alexandra Sullivan, even in my current day relationship. She said, like, you need to decide who are you going to do conflict with and how are you going to resolve it? There's no avoiding conflict. It's just going to show up in a different way. Inevitably, if you go back into the dating scene, it's just going to show up in a month, in two months. So the more we can learn the skills to work through conflict opposed to think there's someone better because there's no conflict. I mean, I think that hits hard.
1: Yeah, and this is why this is just a clip of it, but you really should listen to the whole episode because it will be eye-opening for you on how you think (laughs) about relationships and dating. So here is this self-proclaimed love nerd herself, Dr. Alexandra Solomon.
2: The big concept that drives the class and drives, um, I I wrote a book um, a year and a half ago, that kind of um, addresses this, it's this idea called relational self-awareness, which is a more important framework than ever. What happens when we swipe is we think, I just have to find the right person. And then that mentality can come into a first date where we think I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna, you know, I can decide really quickly whether they're for me or not for me. And the thing that gets lost is looking at how we're showing up, like what's the energy that we are bringing into that date how are we being experienced by the other person? Mm. So we get into this sort of like consumer mentality, you know? And so I think for sure, attraction and chemistry, they, they take time to unfold. Like you can't see my best self, my deepest self, my most quirky, fun, funky self right away, like that stuff takes a while for me to be able to kind of reveal and unfold. And so I think that's a a bit of a dangerous mindset. And I do see that, yes, very commonly.
1: But it's also just about it's that exercising empathy and knowing that you are meeting a new human being who's going through their Mm. own journey. And sometimes we forget that. You're so right about this like consumer culture that that we're in. It's kind of like shopping on Amazon, shopping for people. If this is not the product I want, I'm going to look for something better with better reviews when mm-hmm. it, we all deserve
0: time to uncover who our many layers totally. are. So we actually had another guest a while back um, that asked the question, like, do millennials actually even want to find love? Like, are they willing to put in the work of a relationship yeah. that older generations? Have done. What are your thoughts from talking to students?
2: Oh, I, I don't have a doubt in the world that uh, that plenty of millennials want to find love. Okay, I think I think there there's a fear that they can't, and there's a cynicism that mm. sets in. And there's a really deep, I think oftentimes like lack of trust in their own resilience. And there's a massive skill deficit. But I don't have a doubt in the world that what people that people really do long for um, just that the sort of companionship, intimacy, like journeying through life together. I don't I see that very commonly. I think there's a lot of longing and desire for that. Just it's just feels fraught, complicated and hard which it is. Got
0: it. So you think people, there's more fear than undesire. Yes. So what are the skills that millennials yeah. are lacking?
2: I'm always also super careful to not, I'm, I'm not trying to come down at all on millennials because I don't know that my generation or the generation above me mm. figured it out any better. True.
0: Um, <laughs> That's true. But, Cause there's different this, challenges.
2: <laughs> yeah. Different challenges. And this whole, this whole element of choice, like there's such an opportunity now yep to really kind of like buffet style pick and choose what you want and what you don't want so the degrees of freedom about what it is to construct a relationship there are more of those it's not just sort of like like a plug and chug like put a person in there and of course you know partner A does this and partner B does this. There's a sort of like um, crafting from the ground up of do we want this or do we want this? Mm-hmm. Or do we want monogamy, not monogamy? Do we want, are we living in the same place or separate places? Like all these different yep. variables that are so cool because when you do create something that feels super authentic and super aligned, it's something that's strong and hearty and exciting, but it just means that you have to have the skill of relational self-awareness, which is like being able to basically look at what the relationship is stirring up in you right now. Mm, I'm feeling whatever. I'm feeling trapped. I'm feeling afraid of losing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling afraid of, and a lot of times, very often what we, what stirs in us in a romantic relationship is stuff from our past, stuff from our childhood, stuff from the love we saw growing up, um, problems that our parents had that we're terrified to repeat. All that stuff comes up um and so we've got to be able to like know how to work with it when it it's not a problem if that stuff comes up because it's going to come up it's just like can you work with it within yourself and with that person that you're dating
0: so our next one up we have season eight episode 19 Quest for Love with Ryan Van Duser, who is UA's mm-hmm. friend. <laughs> and I remember UA saying, we need to get Ryan on the podcast. He is a self-proclaimed romantic. He really just, you know, despite hardships, he just wants to find that love. And you had been through some bad breakups with him. You had seen it firsthand and you admired him that he just kept going. Despite, you know, difficult situations, he just kept the eye on the prize to pursue his quest for love. And why I think this episode is, I mean, first of all, he is a great storyteller, definitely listen to the whole episode, just to hear his ups and downs. And I think a lot of people can relate to them. But what I love about it is we talk about this so often, like just the power of perseverance of just continuing going. It's so easy to just be like, I'm going to uninstall the apps or I'm going to give up because there's one person that kind of was a bad egg, or maybe didn't like you the way you like them. But that doesn't mean that the right person isn't right around the corner. So I almost feel like why do we give power to these people that are just setting us off course, opposed to realize hey, this person just is making way for the right person for me.
1: Something that really drew me to Ryan Van Duser when we first met was the fact that he is someone who is just so resilient and resilient in a way that it's not like I'm going to bounce back. It's fine. I'm going to bounce back. That's part of the resiliency that he he has. But he's also the type of person where he gets out of a bad relationship or he gets out of a bad breakup, I should say. They're not bad relationships. And then when he does meet someone really special, he is so open to telling the whole wide world about this person. I think a lot of us, when we go through a bad breakup, the next person we meet, we're like, I don't want to jinx it. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to hold it close to my heart and keep it a secret for a little bit. And that's, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I think something that Ryan does is he's like, when I'm in love, I will let the whole wide world know, even though this could end in something not, you know, maybe we break up, we separate, but I am, I want the whole world to know that I'm in love right now. And I want the whole world to know how amazing this person is. So I admire his resiliency. He's also an adventure host. So he does these travel shows where he goes on these crazy adventures. He's been in the middle of nowhere with no food, no shelter, and he had to survive on this. I don't even know it was an <laughs> island. I don't even remember. Uh, he's also done cross country bike rides, and he's also ridden his bike from Mexico back to the U.S. Maybe even farther. I think there was another trip that he did. But I think what this shows that he is full of passion, and that passion really transcends into his love life. And mm-hmm. even though. Love hasn't worked out in the way of, let's say, marriage per se, but I think love has really worked out for him in the way that it feeds his passion and it just makes him want to love more and more.
0: Yeah, this episode as a whole was definitely uplifting to still believe in love even when things seem dismal, right? (laughs) When they seem down, when it seems difficult. At the end of the day, there's a reason why we're enduring this dating journey. We want to find love. Love is the most important thing. That's what makes us ultimately happy in life is to have love in whatever form. It doesn't have to be romantic, but of course, romantic is a major form of love. So I definitely felt inspired after listening to this episode with Ryan. So hopefully you all can So here is a clip from Ryan.
5: I really thought when I met her that she was the one. I uh-huh. thought for sure there's nobody else on this planet that mm. is as good as her. And I thought she was the one. So yeah, I really, I I was all in. My mom wow. was all in. Everybody was all in. They were like, Ryan has found the one. The stars have aligned.
1: And he had announced it to the world. Wow. I remember just from a friend's perspective, I was like, he's borderline obsessed
0: with this woman. So you felt, <laughs> you felt like you met the one from day one, basically.
5: Yeah, pretty much. And she would probably say the same thing. Wow. Uh, You know, if you called her right now, she would tell you the same thing.
1: So the summer goes by. I'm, I'm guessing the summer went very well. Yeah. And then what?
5: The summer went by and then, um, she got hired to go on tour with her band. And she was going to be gone for three months. And this is when things kind of got sticky. And I will blame a lot of this on me. I got really, I don't know, funky. I don't know what the word is. But this TV show that I had gotten wasn't turning out to be what it was supposed to be. And and work was really tough. And I was just frustrated. And uh, I wasn't the best boyfriend at this time. I was, I kind of pulled away, you know, mentally, physically, I was not nearly as affectionate. You know, I would blame a lot of the downfall of our relationship on my behavior toward the end of that summer into the fall.
0: How long had you been dating at this point?
5: Not that long. So we're from April to about September, but she did live with me for, you know, a couple of those three right. of those months. So it was, it was pretty intense. And, um, it's so like six yeah, months. So, you had like, yeah, six about six months. Month then she went on tour and I felt like I lost her I thought I made the biggest mistake of my life I went into like the biggest depression I've ever gone to Mm -hmm. never gone to uh, therapy or anything like that I went to a therapist I mean I really it hit me hard so you guys broke up when she left yeah we, we broke up yeah and I was destroyed and then I dedicated the next three four months to trying to get her back
1: Last but definitely not least, we want to bring you the fifth episode that has changed the way we think about dating and the way we do dating. And this is season nine episode of oh, 1919. OK, so I couldn't read my handwriting that well the next chapter of dating with our friend our friend our friend <laughs> with our friend Andy and we did this episode right before he moved to Europe for a job but also for life reasons and he was he has such a great way of opening up this next chapter in his life where he was just so open for What's to come? He had no expectations. He's ready to just start this brand new, uh, unchartered territory kind of life. And he's now, what, years in Europe now and enjoying his time. But yeah. it's so fun to revisit this conversation because he was just about to leave.
0: What I love about Andy too, he was an OG Dateable fan. We did not know Andy before Dateable. He Mm. was like a friend of a friend, but we actually met him through Dateable. And I remember, I was I looking for a job? I think I was looking for a job and our mutual friend connected me to Andy because he was a recruiter and he responded back like, oh, I'd love to like, you know, help you out and then at the end, he, remember, he signed off the email. This is a professional recruiting email. Stay dateable. Hashtag sober first kiss. And yes. die. Like, he was so... And then remember, we went to his company for lunch that time, and he was just like, we had like this whole crew of... Oh, God, I hate to stereotype because my boyfriend is an engineer. But we had this whole like table of nerdy engineers (laughs) sitting at uh, with us asking about all these dating questions. And it was just it was so epic. Um, But Andy has been with us since 2016. We've kind of seen Andy grow, and we have developed a friendship with him over this time. And when we did this episode, what was so fun about it was that we went like year by year, essentially, of how he's changed his own outlook of dating, relationships, personal development, his own growth, essentially. And what I love about this is it frames dating as personal growth. And so often, we think, oh, this was a waste of time. Things didn't work out the way it was meant to be. But he was someone that showed that every experience built on one another. Sometimes some experiences happen because of where he was in life. It had nothing to do with other people and dating and all this. So it's a really good way to reflect back. Um, it reminds me of this, uh, this exercise I did in therapy once, like thinking like I'm not a relationship person. And my therapist had me write down like what was going on in my life over many years. And I realized there were some years that I was not remotely focused on relationships. I was just building my own life. And that's proof that like, that doesn't mean that you're not a relationship person. It just means that that wasn't an area of focus for you at that time. So this is really a great episode to just hear someone share their own life journey and how it all plays together and how it sets you up ultimately for where you want to go. And looking at the next chapter, not looking at it as closing the book But when something ends, something new begins. And I think that's so powerful.
1: I find Andy is a nice combination of Cheryl the one who said yes to all the things. And then uh, Ryan Van Duser, who is a romantic and who's very <laughs> resilient in his love for people. It's so fun because he is, he's the combination of those two, but then this added youthfulness because Andy is young. So he's able to kind of learn from the dateable podcast <laughs> and then use it in his real life experiences and, and keep us updated because he still messages us on a regular basis, he's like, I really like that episode. This is what I liked about it. This is what I learned from it. <laughs> so it's really fun to have that conversation with him still. And I think it's it's a good episode for personally for me. What I took away from it was taking inventory of all the people you've met and all the relationships, even if they're one-hour relationships. What those relationships meant, what did you learn from all the people who've been in your life, and then how can you take these learnings into that next stage in your life? Sometimes we don't, we just, we're so passive in what we do, or we're so reactive. We're not proactive. We're If we're more proactive in looking at our dating history, we can really sit down and synthesize. He came with a notebook, remember? He came yes, with a notebook of all the, the dates and all the yeah. <laughs> everything he's been through. He took note of what he's learned throughout the years, and so he can actually take have some takeaways for when he starts his new adventure.
0: I totally forgot he had a notebook, but that is the epitome of the next chapter of dating right there. So we'll get right into it and hear from Andy. Okay, after you're now not new anymore... Kind of like let's say like the year yeah. in
1: well, you had a phase yeah. where you wanted to be in a relationship how did you get to that mm-hmm. point
6: I, I think i got to that point uh through regret there was this girl probably somewhere in that phase one that I liked hanging out with. And we, for all intents and purposes, were like dating each other, you know, like spending the night at each other's place and like doing a lot of stuff together. And I even got her like a bunch of gifts. And one of them was like, she worked at Emeryville and I was like, this cute little car that said like, I'll cross the bridge for you, which like, oh! as we know in SF, it's like- <laughs> It's it, a you know, big deal. It's a big deal. They're like, oh, we cross a body of water. Yeah. And um, That's
0: like longest relationship. I mean, if you really like
6: I'd, someone. Yeah. LDR for sure. Um, but- uh, but yeah, I, it was one of those things where it was like, everything was good. I just hadn't made up my mind about what I wanted. And mm. and she was not super like decisive about like wanting a relationship, probably more so like, hey, like what are, what are we kind of thing. And so we kind of just fizzled out and she ended up moving to LA. And I hate to like be the guy that's like sees social media. She started dating a new guy. And then instantly mm. I was like, man, I kind of like screwed that up. Like I think she would have been actually a good partner in a relationship. All the signs were there. You know, maybe if she was going to end up moving to like LA either way, but I think we probably could have made it work if it was something in that that we were both a little bit more invested in so. Well,
0: that's the downside of that phase where you're just like i'll do whatever yeah. like not mm-hmm. intentional because like when you do have a situation that you're like oh shoot this could be something you're not
6: necessarily like grasping that either
1: yeah right so then that kind of pushed you over the edge to be ready for a relationship yeah
6: that kind of was when i was like you know i'm not getting any younger i think this also happened <laughs> at <when>
0: 26 I, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well
6: unfortunately uh, i think my like sports career and like athletic career career peaked a little bit early so I think around the same time I was also like going through a few injuries mm-hmm. and I kind of was like okay I'm, I'm not like gonna be young forever and as fun as this can be maybe I should be a little bit more intentional about what I'm looking for mm. and set that like up front basically like not waste my time if if it's clear the other person isn't looking for that as well. So yeah, so I, I was definitely happy to take that step. I would say this maybe middle phase definitely closed out at, at the beginning of this year, which I, I guess I'll get to. But mm-hmm. that there were a few things that I thought were like really gonna you know be off the ground and take off. For some reason, I'm really good at like finding and dating people that are just out of really long relationships and <laughs> attracting those girls for some reason. Mm. And you don't always know that fact right away. Mm. So it's one of those things where put it in layman's terms I've ended up being like a long-term rebound for uh, I think a few different girls which is hard because like I think not a gender thing at all I think both goes both ways it's like if you're in a great long relationship and you're going through a breakup and I've been there before as well you kind of like want the best parts of a relationship again without Mm -hmm. the the tough parts like Mm -hmm. you're like oh yeah I would love to just like have someone to hang out with and you know watch movies yep. with and go eat, it's eat a
1: companionship. the
6: companionship without the actual tough parts of relationship. And I think some people unintentionally maybe just seek that as they're trying to cope through a previous breakup. Okay, well, that was super fun to do this wrap
0: up. I love um, that. I enjoy going down memory lane. I feel like now I want to go back and listen to all these again. Um, <laughs> so yeah, That was super fun. I'm glad we were able to do that.
1: A lot of you have been asking for something like this already. So we're so glad we're able to bring this to you because 300 episodes in, it's hard to know where to start, especially if you're new to dateable. So just so you know, we're going to try to keep doing more of these roundup episodes just to resurface some of the older episodes that have really made an impact on our lives. But we also love to hear from you. The episodes that have resonated with you may be different than... How it resonated with us. So please comment, write to us, leave us a message of which episodes have made an impact on your life. So then when we do this roundup episode again, we can bring those episodes in and really highlight
0: how they've changed your lives. Yep. And we've linked all these episodes in the show notes. And you can also go to datablepodcast.com. All the episodes are on the site. And We actually do have a way to filter by dating, relationships, sex and sexuality, behavior. So there's a way to navigate through and find some of these episodes. We are continuing to work on better ways to even filter more. But for now, there's still ways that you can look at what's out there and maybe find things that are a good fit for you. Another kind of, you know, way to do it, too, is I find it's pretty easy to search if you do dateable podcast, and then whatever topic that could be interesting to you in a Spotify or in Apple Podcasts. And most likely we have some episode that is related because we've been doing this now for seven years and we have three, over 300 episodes. There's probably something out there, but you could also ask in our Facebook group. We love when people put up posts saying, hey, I would love this episode on this. You probably have done it. Can you kind of refresh my memory? We are always happy to reply to those and send links directly. So feel free to do that too, but they're here for you. We got a whole back catalog 300 plus episodes. So, if you are anxiously waiting for the next episode to drop, do what I did with Fuckboy Island. Go back to the archives while you're waiting for the next <laughs> week to come out.
1: <laughs> Was that the takeaway here? <laughs> is just go to the archives? <laughs>
0: yep. Exactly. <laughs> like,
1: Fuckboy Island. Okay. So, what we're taking away today is Julie's obsessed with Fuckboy Island. That's what we're taking away. <laughs>
0: and Dateable Podcast. So, <laughs> okay. <go.
1: laughs> Wonderful. Let's We're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening. And thank you all for staying with us through season 14. We are about to launch season 15. It's going to be insane and epic and life changing, all of it, you know, the things that we love to do. The content just gets more (laughs) and more meaty as we go. And season 15 is just the start of this meatiness that we're just going to bring all of you. Hope you are not vegan as we talk about this. And (laughs) we're We're going to wrap up this episode again. You can always reach out to us, hello at datablepodcast.com, or reach out to us uh, at podcast on Instagram or TikTok. You can DM us there. uh, And then we really appreciate... Uh, ratings and reviews in Apple Podcasts. It helps us bring you meatier content, better content, better guests. So five stars and a little something nice would be really wonderful. And with that, we're going to wrap up, officially wrap up season 14 and bring you season 15 next week. Stay Stay dateable.